0: Hey, this is Phaedra. Hey, this is Taya. And welcome to our Theology Talks. We're here to bring you the word with love, laughter, and most importantly, with the Holy
1: Spirit. We hope you experience the joy and the conviction from hearing God's word today because Theology Talks. Part
0: two. Love it. I want to go in with uh, Luke 12. I know we referenced it last time, but um, verse 13, starting at verse 13, the parable of the rich fool. And I'm going to read it how I read the Bible, okay? Well, <laughs> Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And like I said before, I feel like this makes reference to um, what happened with the rich young ruler when, when Jesus said, Why do you call me good? What do you think the question is, um why do you think Jesus posed that question?
1: because I think he wants people to to question their motive to coming to him that's good period, yeah, like for the rich young ruler, it was what did he say? Let me go back to that for the rich young ruler, um, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone, and you know the commandments. I really think for both instances there's he's, he's challenging their preconceptions about themselves and him. Right. Because obviously the rich young ruler had this legalistic approach that was actually very wrong because there's no way he kept every single commandment. And the fact that he would even say, what must I do as if there's anything that can be done to inherit eternal life. So he was really challenging um, his misconceptions about himself and about Jesus. Yeah. And I think I think we often
0: have to do that. Like we we need God to challenge us in that way because are we like the people in the crowd that's just following him for the things that he can do? Right. Or for who he do we see him as God? Yeah. Right? Sovereign, just a good God, a shepherd that take provides and does all that because of who he is, not because of what we need to do for him, right? Not because of what we need to earn. Um Right. So it continues verse fifteen. And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Can you talk
1: about that word covetousness, the the constant desire, the constant um, wanting Mm. of something insatiable, discontent. That's good to be discontent. I've been there.
0: Too. I've been there, and that seeps into a lot of areas of your life i I think that at at my worst, it seeps in when i'm when I'm not looking at God, I'm not looking towards heaven, right, mm-hmm. and now I'm questioning if I want to be married to 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 this man <laughs> I mean it's the grass greener, right yeah. like should I stay with this career? should I get another degree, but being consumed with discontent mm-hmm. that's heavy. That leads to depression, anxiety. That's good. Um, Verse 16, and he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store up my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns. And I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain in and all my grain in my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be happy, be merry. But God said to him, fool. <laughs> That's why God said it. <laughs> fool. <laughs> this night, your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. This is good. I think we should go back to the part where um, I love that Jesus has parables, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about you've laid up many like ample goods because our pursuit for most of us, I remember talking to one person in our counseling session about the pursuit of just uh, comfort. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, we desire, especially if you come from a, a, like a generations of past generations of being poor and deprived, it seems like that seeps into your very DNA, this yeah. pursuit of like success and not just success because the, all of it leads to just wanting to be comfortable Mm -hmm.
1: and have more than enough right because that's that's good too that you said that because I feel like the ally of comfort is stagnation that's good I don't I'm not seeking out any higher help Mm -mm. if I have everything (laughs) I think I need and want oh that's good what do I need God for anyways no God meets us in our pain Mm. and that's where we feel him the most I mean you you're reading C.S. Lewis problem of pain which Mm -hmm. definitely touches on that subject and Every angle you can think, but the reality is, is like the flesh wants what feels good. Yeah. And that's why sin is such a trap because oftentimes it feels good, whatever it is. Yeah. And so wouldn't it be just like God to meet us in the opposite place? Yeah. Because oftentimes depravity and pain require more than what sin brings. Mm. It requires more and our soul knows it. And so when we get to these certain low points and breaking points, it, it paves the way for God's power. Because finally, I'm so weak that I understand that sin can't help me. That's There's good. only one that That's can help good. me. And so I, I really think that oftentimes the the pleasure seeking and the comfort seeking come from places where we're not looking for God which is why it's so necessary. His discipline right? and us being in places where maybe we don't know how ends are going to be met Mm -hmm. because those are the places where we get weak enough to ask for his power. Right. Otherwise I'm satisfying myself with whatever.
0: Right. I think um, one of the things that I've learned or or I'm learning is about um, these sort of like generational uh, or, yeah, these generational things that we live with, that a lot of our pursuits and our goals are are born from a place of just like generational hurts. Yeah. And we're carrying on like our goals are not even our goals. Oftentimes, they're the goals of our great grandparents and grandparents and our parents. Mm-hmm. And so to be maybe even the first in the generation in the family to do something different, you oftentimes are lonely yeah because you have to go against the grain
1: yeah and especially if you're like first generation seriously saved oh yeah I like how you said that seriously saved (laughs) because there's a difference there's a difference (laughs) um that alone comes with a path that is extremely narrow and even more lonely because you don't get to send out invitations only God does. Oh, that's
0: good. Oh, I was on the pursuit girl. I was out there. <laughs> I had all my cards written out to, to send all the <laughs> and invitations the
1: message and a little heart. Absolutely.
0: Because yeah, but obviously I, I thought I had the power and that only lead, led to me being had an attitude. Like y'all just dumb. Why yeah. don't y'all like seeing this, you know, mm-hmm. but um, it's also heartbreaking, you know, um, to come to this place where it's like, well, God, I might, be the one to plant or i might be the one to water but only you can have it grow Mm -hmm. right and so um but i I, going back to the scripture about um coming to a place where we get to a place where we want to say i want to relax and eat and just drink and be merry yeah i want to be comfortable god so i'll do all this work i'll store up all my stuff so i can have stuff to live off of for generations and generations to come but god said to him fool This night, your your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And so I think it goes back to, we all going to die at some point. And what then? We're not taking any of it with us. Nah, (laughs) none of it. None of this stuff that, you know, you've worried yourself sick over. None of these things. You've made yourself rich here on earth with, with having plentiful and don't get me wrong. I think we also, we have to come from a different perspective when we talk about rich also. Because one of the things I was, I think it was David Platt that said this, like everyone in America, even the poorest of those are richer than people, a lot of people overseas, mm-hmm. right? Um, that don't even have access to Bibles yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So our poor is not the same poor. Right. Um, and so, but I think, I think it goes back to Jesus's point was you're laying up treasure. You're, you're in this pursuit of making sure you're all good here on earth, but that's really foolish.
1: Yeah. I don't think we realize how temporary this life is, especially compared to eternity. Yeah. Um, We don't have the capacity as finite beings to truly even understand how long eternity really is. Right. And since we haven't seen, you know, what God has prepared for us, it's really just by faith. By faith. That it's there. So to be distracted by what we can see. Right. And then obviously there's a war between the spirit and the flesh because the flesh wants what it can see. But the spirit says, but there's something you haven't seen yet. Right. It requires discipline. Right. It requires God-given discipline yeah, and really just goes back to the need to stay in the word because, yeah. I mean, there's hardly anything secular that you could watch or listen to that doesn't somehow promote the now. Oh, absolutely. And being, you know, what is it? Coveted. Yeah, you got it. We're going with that. All of that. <laughs> But you know
0: what? I love that. You went back into that because the very next I'm not going to go into the, you know, read all of it. But you should, audience, because it's so good. But it talked, Jesus starts talking to disciples about not being anxious, right? Because we just said covetness really does bring upon a level of anxiety. I'm so worried about what I don't have have and keeping what I have and getting more of what I have or getting, you know, more of what you have, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it brings on anxiety because here I am, I am, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be my own God. I'm trying to fill this void on the inside to make sure I feel comfortable. With maybe not even worry, having a, a surety in my eternity, like where am I to go? Where am I going to go after this? What's going to happen to all the things after this? I don't have a peace. Yeah. So,
1: I think it's also a really big, a huge, uh, weapon the enemy likes to use against us, and he even tried it against Jesus, constantly showing us what we don't have. And sometimes it's not even necessarily what we don't have. Sometimes it's what we don't have yet. Yeah. And I mean, even when he tempted him with, "You could have all this," and like. He owns it. Right. Like, he came here to do something. He tried to persuade him that he didn't have something that he could have right then if he just, what? But, I mean, he does that to us. Like, so I can't even, I can't imagine the things that God has prepared for us, even now, that we're sitting around anxious about because the enemy is making us focus on the now, the then, but the space in between. Right. The uncertainty of that space. Right. And just thinking about all the ways it's so easy to follow that rabbit trail. If we're not anchored by what the word says, that's good about, you know, who we are, what we really have. Yeah. Um, cause then, how did Jesus fight, you know,
0: Satan? Yeah. He, he, it was the word It is written. It's written.
1: I, mean, I think about the, you know, the miracles with the bread and the fish. Every, like, first of all, the disciples seen it one time. And then the second time he said, Jesus was like, what are we going to do? And they're like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> did you see what happened? Like y'all didn't just see what I did. But one thing I liked both times was he said, well, what do you have? And he made them take inventory. That's good. It, it's important to realize like, yeah, you might only have like this many loaves and this many fish, but I want you to see that so that when I multiply it, you'll know that it was you that had that, but it was me that multiplied. It. All right. then. And so even in times like that, there's this, there's this, uh, command really mm-hmm. to remember what he's done before mm-hmm. um what he can do mm-hmm. with very little mm-hmm. and ex- and ex- expecting him to do it
0: that's so good which i feel like each time jesus also reminded them that they had ye have little faith <laughs>
1: i mean y'all still don't know who i am you're walking hand in hand. Listen, with the God of the universe, and y'all still be like, "Oh no, Jesus, how we gonna do?" I this? mean, we need you
0: to wake up. We about to
1: die. <laughs> this ship is a rocking, right? Like every
0: time, which goes back to what you said. We the righteous shall live by. We have to live by faith.
1: There's no other means. Like this world is not for us. Mm-hmm. This new nature should very much hate this world. Not the people in it, right. but this world. right? Like there should be an immeasurable amount of friction between the nature imparted to us and the world we still have to exist in. Yeah. And that friction should not bring worry. Yeah. It should bring faith.
0: That's good. That's right. And I feel really led to just say this. Don't get caught up in trying to prove yourself to family members, to anyone. Don't get caught up in these long de- debates about why your God is real because I think we even just talking about the disciples, you know, that walked hand in hand with Jesus, he was still showing them who he was. Yeah. And so like you, we get the opportunity for God to show us on a day and to remind us. That's the good part. Remind us of who he is, but we can see it yeah. and we acknowledge it. And I think that's the difference because if you go to Romans, I think it was Romans one, even just talking about uh, the unrighteous uh, and how they see God all the time. Right. But they, but they suppress the knowledge of who he is. Yeah. And so with our eyes being open, there is a level of like, either they see it or they don't at this point, it doesn't stop us from, from heralding the gospel. Right. We're, we're, we're all called to go out and uh teach the gospel. um, But, when it comes to like them being able to see the things and being able to acknowledge the things that comes from God, mm-hmm. right? We, we're called to live by faith and faith alone and and not just live by it at, well, yes, live by it, but I want to break it down a little bit. We can read and we can intellectually know, but we have to believe the word mm-hmm. because not until I believe what God says can I live it out? Mm-hmm. If I don't believe in the promises, I don't live according to the promises that are, that are coming to me. Right. And so I just wanted to make sure I said that.
1: That's good. That's kind of like where, how people say like, you know, my head and my heart have to meet because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can know a lot of things, but they have to be, it has to be rooted in good soil. Right. It's got, right. it's got to bear some fruit. Right. And I can't let the worries of life or the enemy come, you know, snatching out what I know. There right. has to be a next step, yeah, which is living it. So, right, which goes back to Luke 12
0: and um, the parable of the rich young ruler. Jesus already knew that, you know, these men didn't really believe, right? But he challenged them. Why do you call me good? And so I think when it comes to even just like our 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 lives, we have to challenge our beliefs on like why am I still pursuing all these things um over God, over the richness of God? Um what what are my motives? Am I still living according to this belief that I don't have enough and I won't have enough? Mm-hmm. That God won't provide, but he's not a good shepherd, or am I living according to the fact that he is? Mm. Which I feel like goes along with what you were talking about before, just uh And these two go hand in hand, right? The riches of God and the riches on earth.
1: And I think that with all, with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. believe though that for a lot of believers that maybe you are blessed financially in this life. I do truly believe God had to grace you for that. That's good. Because the reality of our flesh and the, just the way that it is for most of us, you know we will oftentimes more often than not find it really difficult to be in possession of many, many things in this life and still find the need for God. Mm -hmm. I mean, the flesh is, is so rooted in just like comfort and pleasure Mm -hmm. and being stagnant and doing nothing, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to spiritual matters and having those things in front of you, those comforts, those things that we can see that don't require faith. Having the ability to operate with that in front of you and still towards a God that you can't see mm-hmm. that requires grace, mm-hmm. and God has grace people to do that. There are plenty of real Christians who are blessed that way, and like, yeah. they're not bad. No, but they've been gifted by God to do both. Yeah, but for those of us who don't have that gift, mm-hmm. this is our lot, mm-hmm. and it's not less than theirs. It just might mean that our purpose is in a different direction that our gifts and our callings won't necessarily require those things, Mm -hmm. but we're no less. They're also a part of the body just like we are. Right. But it is a testament to the fact that what, what Jesus is essentially saying here is like, don't get caught up on these things Mm -hmm. because they can be a snare. Mm -hmm. They absolutely can.
0: That's good. That's good. I see you looking at your Bible.
1: I, there was one thing here it is. Um. when uh, when Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem and he told them this is Mark chapter 11 he told them go into the village ahead of you as soon as you enter it you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever sat untie it and bring it if anyone says to you why are you doing this say the Lord needs it and we'll send it back here right away (laughs) and the one thing I wrote was obedience no matter how you look (laughs) listen (laughs) because there has been when like the first year serving at TC being on connect team was so hard for me because it's just not necessarily my gift to talk to random people all the time right and so even if somebody would be like hey these people are new talk to them the level of fear <laughs> that an anxiety because i'm like i I don't know and what do you want me to say and and just sign and and fill this card out and um oh here's your free gift and um all the things (laughs) it was so hard for me because it just wasn't what i i don't know i guess it just wasn't what i was gifted for so to see the radical obedience that he required of these disciples and like I wish that they were. There was some dialogue because surely one of them would have been like Jesus. What are they going to think of me? Right? Are you sure they're just going to give me the cult? <laughs> no, nah, they're going to be like, "Hey, he over here asking for a cult." <laughs> he said the Lord needed. <laughs> sure, go ahead and take it. Right, right. <laughs> but the faith, like to believe that, like this person would just the obedient and give it to you like but that ties back into what we were talking about previously which is just like radical obedience yeah Yeah, like it's not gonna make sense and who's to say that those people didn't necessarily give them a crazy look initially right or that the people around them didn't look at both of them and be like what is going on here right but the call to do it anyway that's the part that's so hard like i don't i don't want that feeling
0: (laughs) i mean it goes back to who am i serving here yeah am i serving uh people am i serving my own ego and pride you know am i are those things more important than the sometimes radical and what feels so ridiculous things that god may have told me to do out of obedience right which oftentimes leads to these radical and amazing God moments that we have with people. When he says, go up to this person and pray or go give this person your last $10, $50 out of nowhere. Like those are some of the most like life changing moments when God shows up in these ways and he serves up these conversations, these moments for someone to see who he is through you. Yeah. Um, but even in that is it requires us to die to ourselves.
1: <laughs> and it and it has a lot to do with just dying to that people pleasing. Yeah. Like um yesterday on the Bible app the verse of the day was in uh I think it was Galatians maybe. But Paul was saying like um am I still uh pleasing people? If I were still pleasing people, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. All right then, Paul. Um he <laughs> always come and just but Flat people. when you see in Mark where uh, Herod was trying to please his dinner guests and so he chopped off John the Baptist's head and the scripture even says where he didn't really even want to like he didn't actually have a personal beef with John the Baptist but because he didn't want to disappoint his dinner guest he beheaded a great prophet like that people pleasing is a snare. Yeah. And the things that it makes us do are just completely evil. You cannot, you cannot please people and Jesus. You have to pick one because at some point or another, sooner rather than later, there's going to be a conflict. Yeah. And since there's not always immediate gratification from serving Christ, more often than not, we'll choose the people. Right. Because they're going to give us the high fives and the smiles and the approval.
0: Absolutely. They're going to give us the temporary approval yeah and love and affection that our flesh craves yeah yeah because i mean but to our core we all we all have this gaping hole that only christ can fill but we continue to try to put temporary things in that don't last
1: yeah for sure
0: so essentially what jesus is saying is uh get used to not being liked as you follow me be okay with it. Be okay with it.
1: Be at peace with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because you can't, you can't serve both God and man.
1: It's directly in conflict with our two natures, which you mentioned how Paul was even talking about the conflict he had within himself between his two natures, um, where he said, you know, I do the thing I do not want to do. And, you know, I, I think we, if we really just sat with how different the kingdom of God is and who God is compared to what this world is like. Chapter seven, verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold as a slave to sin. For I do not understand what I am doing because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh for the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it for I do not do the good that I want to do but i practice the evil that i do not want to do.
0: Mm.
1: now if i do what i do not want i am no longer the one that does it but it is the sin that lives in me. that's a conflict within self. right? <laughs> <laughs> imagine the the innate conflict between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this world. yeah, it's astronomical. like we can't really imagine just how opposed those two kingdoms are. <laughs>
0: it's an internal war going on let alone the external war
1: yeah and the people around you yeah like
0: i feel like paul was like writing in his journal right there
1: (laughs) like (laughs) like, (laughs) no actually he was probably talking to his therapist (laughs) he was doing emdr when he he was
0: (laughs) he like okay i'm done now help me yeah (laughs) no that's good that's really good. I feel like um I was looking at um our our need for our need for Christ. Like our total depravity and need for Christ. Um I was looking at Galatians when you brought it up. I think it's chapter 2 verse uh what is this verse what? Cause I didn't wrote all of them. Oh, 15. <laughs> um, just how we're justified by faith. I feel like it's just such a reminder, um, that we don't justify ourselves, right? We need, we need, we need God for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and really to the root of it, our, our desire for comfort and, financial comfort or you know the people pleasing the comforts that come you know through uh getting approval from others like it's what we really are seeking is this eternal comfort this Mm -hmm. justification that can only come from god yeah he has to do the work
1: which requires just more submission than what this society Tells us we should have, I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to look at someone who's so humbly obedient to Christ and to even compare that, you know, compare the life that they're probably leading and the things that they probably don't have Yeah, to worldly eyes. It's silly. It's ridiculous. Like, why would you do that? Why would you choose poverty? Right. (laughs) Why would you choose
0: that? The rich wrong ruler was like, nah, cuz. Ain't no way. Ain't no way to do it. But thank
1: you, though. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> no. That requires, because we're all worshiping something, that requires a drastic redirection of worship. Mm-hmm. And like I said, because that instant gratification that comes from the world is not necessarily something we as Christians experience all the time. Right. It's a harder walk. Right. A lot harder, especially when you don't make sense to the people around you.
0: Oh yeah, because to the I mean, honestly, if we're honest, we want everybody. We want to make sense. Yeah, we don't want to be out here looking crazy. No,
1: it's I like I want the respect of the people around me. For absolutely, decisions that I make.
0: Yeah, because I also want to feel like okay, all right, this is for real.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> maybe in a, in a way it affirms our faith. But it shouldn't i agree because then finicky people people are finicky absolutely like so what happens when they don't affirm it the next day
0: like yeah now we're questioning our yeah. faith so um I, going to uh, galatians 2 i, I like to kind of give like introduction but this is like the letter that paul wrote to the galatians and correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't read this in a in a minute but if you start at verse 11 it was talking about how paul is opposing peter were this was this when like the galatians were like going back to jew versus gentile and questioning like circumcision and just people oh okay let me see cuz i did i see that what verse are we at so if you go to verse 11 I just want to have them be able to see who's talking because also when you're reading the word, you need to know what's happening, like who's talking and why are they talking to these people? What's going on? So that you don't make it about yourself. First of all, um,
1: yeah, yeah. He was talking to him. Okay. Um, for his hypocrisy towards, um, Gentiles. Right. Okay. So if
0: we pick up in verse 15, justified by faith, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, not by our works. Right. Not by living the law perfectly like the, the rich young ruler said that he upheld all the laws which is uh, impossible yeah um by the way so i'm also lying to god right now but i don't even know what i'm talking about but through faith in christ can you imagine lying to jesus and
1: then his response loving you
0: okay sick of myself, (laughs) (laughs) but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Jesus in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. I feel like this is like Paul really trying to reiterate. Listen, y'all like you need faith in Jesus in, in in Jesus Christ not faith in yourself not faith in what you can do through the law so I feel like this is a reminder for us also that like we don't there's nothing that you can do there's like to save yourself or to give yourself that internal or eternal peace and satisfaction and comfort
1: mm-hmm.
0: we need jesus we needed jesus we need jesus mm-hmm. for everything for all the things
1: right i like how he how um does your bible put the gentile sinners in quotes no no so it put mom puts it in quotes um because what paul was reestablishing here was like okay jews like yeah we're jews by birth but let me remind you We're under faith, just like the quote unquote Gentile sinners. Love it. We are not above them. Mm -hmm. Like if you're slipping back into that ideology, let me help you. Mm -hmm. Like we are all here by faith. Um, None of us is above the other. Right. There's nothing you can do that will elevate you over them. Mm -hmm. Your identity is your identity, but don't let it be what roots you in your connection to God because you won't be connected at all. That's
0: good. That I, I, I resonate with that so much because I have family members that have um converted to um
1: Hebrew Israelites.
0: The Hebrew Israelites and so much of their well their whole faith is rooted in their you know physical identity. Physical identity. Their so quote unquote DNA um being the real Jews and it's like are y'all we can't be reading the
1: same Bible. No. Y'all had to stop at a certain chapter. Obviously. Like. It's crazy. <laughs> I was like, just rip those pages out. Just take, we'll take those keep out. Keep actually.
0: Part. Well, actually, let's let's go ahead and add a second Matthew to this. We'll just add multiple things to this.
1: You know, I'm not well versed on that um, religion. But I guess the big question I have is. If you're. If your relationship to God is rooted in your identity, by what ways are you making atonement for your sin?
0: Mm. Oh, they live according to the law,
1: so they have an altar in their backyard where they're regularly burning things. Uh I don't think so. So, where is the atonement for their sin?
0: That's a question for y'all to answer.
1: I'm just, I don't
0: know. I'm just out here wondering.
1: I'm ignorant regarding this. Yeah, religion. So that was just that's yeah. just the question I have because if you're gonna claim the identity that the Jews had. So do what they did. Mm -hmm. I mean, what makes that wasn't sufficient. Otherwise Jesus wouldn't
0: have had to come. Right. So what makes them different than the world? What makes them different than the, what makes them different than the Pharisees? Like, uh, or the people that go to, you know, that call themselves Christians that go to church. Right. Right. But they're still trying to justify themselves that's good. That's scary. Oh, it's it's very scary. Uh cuz one of my things is I th- I think about was it Matthew 7? Man, that 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 scripture scares me. <laughs> Wait, let me Wait, get let there. me find what are you it. about. Um when he's like many shall um at at this judgment day many will say, you know, Lord, Lord, I've done this in your name, I've done that in your name and he says, you know, depart from me. Um why does that scare you? Well, it doesn't scare I I'm I'm I feel it's a wake-up call for those that are still living like that. Mm-hmm. Right? That are in the church because first of all, that was me that was in the church doing the things. Right? But my eyes were still not open to who God was and so I mean I never questioned my motives but like that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do yeah why are you doing these things because it's not the will of God like you're not doing it unto God you're doing it unto yourself like Mm -hmm. to elevate yourself so it doesn't scare me anymore but I think it's it's something to um something to read and really take stock in because it's, it's about our eternity. Y'all we not, I can't live for today. I got to live for, you know, I I have to live according to like where I want to be at the end of my life. Like, so, yeah. (sighs) I think even Chapter seven, uh, talking about the golden rule, verse 13, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. That leads to life. And those who find it are few. I,
1: I read this and I feel so much grace. mm. Because I know that I'm not on the narrow because I, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was nothing great about me. Yeah. Like I got put on the narrow. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wasn't clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, God came to me at the worst point. Like mm-hmm. that would have been the perfect time to, to strike me dead. because right. I was blaspheming him. Right. Left and right because right. I was so discontent with my circumstances. Yeah. Like. But what about those
0: who are content, quote-unquote content, that don't know, they don't realize? Because, see, my way was different. Like, growing up in the church, and you think you know. Mm. Like, it's sobering. It should be sobering. It is. Right? It's like the Pharisees. Like, they, they felt like they knew they felt like their motives were pure, whether they believed it or not. They, you know, there was a reason why they were living the way they were living, you know? Right. So for me at this point in knowing that my, like, I know where I'm going, right? Like I know it's, I live, you know, according to the fact that Jesus, Jesus did it all. Um, but I think for me, it puts me in a, in a mindset of like, my heart kind of breaks for those who don't. It makes me hungry to really talk to people that were like me and challenge their their theology and their beliefs about who they are and who God is mm-hmm. and who's actually doing the work. One of my first questions to many people, like that is, how do you know how do you know um, where you're going to go when you when you die? Wow. And so I automatically know. What their theology is based on, if they start saying, "I, I, 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 I'm a I, good person, mm-hmm.
1: I do these things, I'm mm-hmm. basically a good person." Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I go to church, I read my Bible, I da 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 da, and so that lets me know. I mean, they're not living according to what Jesus did for them. They're still in the old in a, in a, in a mindset of you know this legalistic thinking.
1: Yeah, I think my follow up question to that would be. What about the days you're not a good person? Yep. So does that mean if you happen to die on one of those days, where are you going? Right. Yep. Theology is so important.
0: Yep. Got people waking up scared that the rapture didn't took place.
1: I have <laughs> still have people around me that would probably likely joke about timing out the rapture, and they're serious. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. they really believe like they have to get it right at like like. Lord forbid they're sitting when that trumpet blows because that's, that's it, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's funny because we're on the other side, but it is, yeah. it is, it sends you into panic when you don't realize that you have a good father. It's hard to love a father like that. And so you won't.
1: Thank you. you won't. I'm in fear of him. You won't want to spend time with him or talk to him. You to be scared. Yep. Like. Yep. How do you cultivate a relationship with somebody that you truly believe is timing out your every mistake? Yeah. It's not God. Yep. He's not doing that.
0: Mm, it reminds me of just my kids having, you know, sometimes our children have anxiety about um mommy leaving or daddy leaving or and them being left somewhere and just me assuring them, baby, I'm not going to leave you. Why would I? Mommy, like. Mommy wouldn't do that. That's contrary to mommy's nature. Absolutely. <laughs> That's good. I hope that you all listen to this and you can hear God's heart and how much he. um, First of all, I think for me. Coming to this place of being able to rely on God's faithfulness to himself has been the most reassuring thing because he's not finicky like us um he's not going to go back on his word you because know he can't cuz he can't that's 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 the father that I want that's the mother I want right that's the husband that's the friend that I want and so I'm praying that you guys will even just through this podcast this episode start to question those things that may have had you rooted in you know this place of fear um, or covetousness Mm. and allow the Holy Spirit to challenge those things for you. I'm glad we did this follow up and I'll pray us out. Okay. God, we just thank you for, um, we thank you for your word. We just thank you for your faithfulness to your word and we thank you for the plan that you have for our lives, God. I just pray that we're all reminded that we don't have to fear because the battle is already like it's already it's, it's already won. We know who who wins. Lord, help us to know that and not just know it intellectually, but to know it and to believe it. God, help us to not just read the word, but to live out the word. God, bring revelation um and wisdom and help us to be able to walk this thing out according to what you what your design is for us bring people to challenge us to support us and to walk through life with us god um to live holy god that means set apart different and god um because the narrow path is hard god but I just pray that we feel your the sufficiency of your grace in every step, God, for us to be reminded, God, of who you are and the fact that you're in the storm with us. And so, Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the listeners. I pray that you bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of Theology Talks.
1: Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Also, feel free to leave comments and questions for us on our podcast channel. We hope this blesses you and challenges your theology.